Hey, you damn guys. Welcome to Book Club Member Comics. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Oh, Reed Loveless. And I'm Ross Radke. Hey, Ross. Hey, you're back. Ross. It's great to have you back on the show, Ross. Yeah, thanks for yeah, inviting me. Of course, yeah, we're so glad to have you here. Obviously, Danielle is not with us today. You know, Danielle's been really sick, um, but she's got medicine, and we're on top of it. You know what I mean? She doesn't have a fever or anything like that. It's just kind of like the crud, like sinus infection, all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Well, it doesn't yeah, help that it went from like 90 to 50 in like two days. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's an, We're having a weird weather thing going on. So anyway, so Danielle couldn't join us today, and... She wanted to be here for a Superman discussion that we had planned, so at the last minute I threw a line out to Ross. I said, hey Ross, why don't you come join us today and we'll just shoot from the hip and just talk about cool stuff and nerd out with our friends. And that's what this show is all about. This is our book club podcast. Normally we're talking about comics and we're talking about with our friends, but we also talk about other things. And now Ross is going to tell you all about it. Go ahead, Ross. (laughs) I should have known. Should have known. So how this usually works is uh, the the book club's gonna pick something that they're gonna read and they're gonna tell you what to read and if you want to you can read it and then listen to the episode <laughs> and after you listen to the episode and listen to uh, the book club members all talk about it you you're also a book club member and you can also contribute by leaving a, a hey you damn guys or leaving a comment on on a post yes and sharing your thoughts about what what everyone read. Yeah, that's a book club. That's friendship. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. Wow, that was incredible, Ross. You did an amazing that was job. Great, Ross. That. You just had it. It was all in your mind, and you didn't even know it. It was all perfectly organized and everything. You got all the beats in there. You mentioned the "Hey, you damn guys!" Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes, we were going to talk about a Superman comic for the man who has everything. But if you didn't get to read it, now now you have an extra week to catch up and. Go read that issue and tell us what it's, you think about it. You could even send in some pre-feedback. Tell us what you think about it, and we'll discuss it along with our discussion next week. If you want to do that, that would be fun. Definitely. Um, well, so, go ahead. We we're also going to talk about uh, Superman in general. So if you have any Superman in general things you want to talk about, send it to us. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. But we'll save all that discussion for next week. I thought one segment that we could do is we could maybe do kind of a what do you see, what do you say that's our segment where we talk about uh, what we've been like, uh, any media that we've been consuming or whatever. Um, so, I, and, and I had a couple things that I wanted to talk about, especially to the audience that I have here. One thing that I wanted to talk about was an album that I've been listening to. Are you guys familiar with Missing Persons, that band, Del Bazio and Terry Bazio? Do you know about that band? I'm not familiar with them. No, I'm sorry. I'm not. So this is a band from the 1980s. And... It's Dale Bazio, and so it's like a pop band. It's almost like a pop rock band. And okay. recently, you know, everything's getting re-released on vinyl, and so we were at our local record store, Cactus Records, and Danielle saw this record, and she was like, oh my god, this is such a great record. I'm not really familiar with it, you know I mean? I've maybe heard, like, one of their songs that was their popular single or whatever, which I like, but, you know, I wasn't, like, all crazy about it. And so Danielle bought this record, and this record has just been like an earworm. It's been like in my brain, like constantly ever since we listened to it. Um, and what what it's interest what's interesting about it to me is it's a, it's like a pop album. So Del Bazio, uh, she's like a I don't know. It, what was it, that? The drummer Terry Bazio's? Yes. Like 
so, for ex-wife? Yes, yes. So Terry okay, Bozio. that's why it was familiar to me. Okay. Yes, Terry Bozio is the drummer, and Terry yeah. Bozio, okay. he's like he's a he's an acclaimed drummer. You know, I mean, he's obviously he's one of like the Zappa drummers. Yes, and... he's 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 incredibly skilled. Um, but this is like a pop band, so you know, w- <laughs> it kind of makes me laugh in certain points. But you know, there there's this one song in particular that. You know, it's very upbeat, it's very poppy, it's very 4-4 kind of dance beat. And then in the middle of it, out of nowhere, is the most insane drum solo that you've ever heard in your life. Like, it's just like, <laughs> it's just like, blam, it's- like right in the middle. And he does it throughout the album, like... Yeah, I'm listening to it, especially like with the drummer, you know, if you're familiar with drums or if you're a fan of, you know, listening to the drums or whatever, you appreciate that. It's crazy. The stuff that he's doing is insane, but it's like, it's a pop album and they're pop songs. But in the in, within the song, he's working in like all this really, really complex stuff. It's pretty remarkable. I I did not think that I would fall in love with this album, but I'm listening to it like every day. I wake up in the morning with these songs in my head. Uh, oh, it's, wow. it's kind of driving me crazy. It's kind of taking over my <laughs> mind right now. I don't know what it is, but it's a uh, the album is Missing Persons. It's called Spring Session M. That's the album, and it was probably like oh, their, okay. it's probably like their most popular album. But anyway, I'll keep uh, that up. They, they, I've got you've definitely I follow you on Apple Music. Okay, so yes, I've, I've, I've seen that cover when when on the section that shows like some of the stuff that you've been listening to. There you go. Yes, yes. So yeah, but I haven't. Yeah, now I know. I I don't know. It's just like it's they're they're pop songs, and then just right in the middle of the of the pop song is like just some really complex, like really amazing stuff. Is he it's playing. Good. Is he playing his huge wraparound kit? Can you tell? Yes. So I looked up the I looked up some videos of them, and uh, man, they're so cool. They're, she's like Lady Gaga. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Del Bazio. Cool. Like at the time, she's in all these like elaborate outfits with all the stuff on her face and. You know what I mean? It's very, it it very much I I think like something that you would see today. You know what I mean? Um, and they're all dancing. She's all dancing around like a pop star, and then it's just like Terry Bozio's over here with this rack, with the with yeah with the drum rack and the cymbals hanging down, and he's doing all this crazy stuff. He's shirtless and just going nuts behind the drum set. It's <laughs> awesome. It's really cool. It's really remarkable. So I'm loving that album. Anyway, so there's that. And then uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was a video game that I've been playing called Curse of the Sea Rats. This is a new game that just came out. And the only reason I, I know about it or care about it is I contributed to the Kickstarter. And I don't even remember why I contributed to it. It was years and years ago. And it's like a lot of times you don't even know if the stuff is going to come through. I've donated to so many Kickstarters that I still haven't gotten the thing, whatever it was, that I was supposed to get for it. But, of, of course, not Ross's because Ross has had several... Su- successful kickstarters that i've immediately gotten my stuff so uh but anyway um the game finally came out and i was like pretty psyched about it i don't know i got excited about it it's kind of like a metroidvania you know type of game you're a pirate rat and you're fighting yeah you're fighting sea creatures (laughs) and stuff like that and uh you know it isn't very difficult i'm not really like good super good at video games so Anyway, that that's been uh that's been fun. What what about you guys? You have anything that you've been enjoying or checking out over the last week or so? I'm still on my Battlestar Galactica kick. I just finished season two last night. I'm going to start season three tonight after we after we get off the phone. But I mean, 
it's really kind of fun watching it through the because uh, I watched it when it came on and then I watched it when I had the entire thing on DVD. But now I have the whole thing on Blu-ray, so I'm watching it again. But it's fun because like I know where the story's going. Right. So to see the characters like at their beginning point again, it's just kind of like you know, like oh, okay, so maybe this is the reason why they chose to make that guy a Cylon. Oh, okay. you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Ross, Ross, have you seen Battlestar? No, I haven't. Okay, oh, well then. Wow. No spoilers in. No I spoilers. <laughs> you know, um, I was going to save the listener feedback for next week, but I did want to point out this one that we got from Mark Tweedell. Mark Tweedell. Oh, a club member. Yes. Mark said, four friends and I accidentally kind of did our own reenactment of the Portlandia Battlestar Galactica thing once. None of us had seen the show. We were hanging out on a weekend and thought we'd check it out. Next thing we knew, it was the early hours of Monday morning, and we were a third of the way into season two. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure the Portlandia skit is based on us. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, watch it for a whole weekend. It's definitely something that yeah. you should check out, Ross. You know, now we sh- maybe we should go and w- maybe we should all watch it together and then we can, like, talk about it or something like that. Maybe, like... Um... Oh, that, yeah, that'd be fun because, uh, like, well, like, you guys just rewatched Lost and so... Uh, yeah, like... so, Ross, you, you have to watch this show now. You have to... You... Find it is and it, watch it. Is it streaming anywhere for... It's on Peacock. Oh, is that the only thing that it's on? Oh, that's Yeah. Because, like, that's my whole thing is... Well, so I was going to say, I've been listening to um, a podcast called Blank Check with Griffin and David. Okay. Have you heard of that? No. So it started out as a the Phantom Menace podcast. I can't remember what they called it, but originally they did 10 episodes just about the Phantom Menace, and the bit was that they didn't know any other Star Wars exist, and so they treated it like it was this really weird standalone movie that made no sense, right. and they couldn't understand why it had such a high budget and so much like merchandising and things. Oh, this is amazing. And then, and then, and then they like discovered that there was an episode two, and so they did episodes about Attack of the Clones, and, and, and then eventually they covered all of the Star Wars movies, but after they exhausted that... Then they just started, they changed the title of the podcast to Blank Check, and they they go through the entire filmography of a director who at some point in their career had a big enough success that their next movie, they kind of got a blank check to do whatever they want. Oh, cool. cool. So so I've been listening to like their whole um, back catalog of episodes because this podcast has been around for years. They've got like, I think, 400 episodes or something, but... I'm only watching stuff that I've either, or I'm only listening to the episodes that I've either seen the movie before, or I can watch the movie free somewhere. Right, so right. I'm kind of like bouncing around, but they've done like M. Night Shyamalan, um, Christopher Nolan, a uh, certain section of Steven Spielberg's career. Nice. James Cameron, Cameron Crowe, and the Wachowski siblings are the ones that I've listened to so far. Nice, yeah. So, awesome. So that's like the stuff that I've been watching has been kind of just a weird mishmash of stuff that I never, older stuff that I hadn't seen. So, like right. you guys mentioned, True Lies. So, so I've been catching up on some of the James Cameron ones I hadn't seen before. Had you had you not seen that one? I've never seen that before. It doesn't hold up, does it? If you're not like a fan of it at the time, or what did you think so of it? I felt like I kind of I'm curious to watch more Schwarzenegger films that I haven't seen. Okay. Because I also watched Twins recently for some reason. Oh, that's oh, a I great that movie, man. And I love nuke I, food. I still say that. I still say that to so, the day. 
Arnold's <laughs> acting to me is like he acts like a teenage boy freaky friday body swapped with arnold and is trying to <laughs> pretend to be arnold right right like because i don't know he just he he feels so like it so like kind of when he's not doing an action scene he's so dorky but <laughs> oh, he's yeah. like the biggest human being you've ever seen and he's <laughs> he's playing these people who are supposed to be just like normal looking people right. like in true lies the idea that his wife would just think he was some boring salesman. Right, right. It's ludicrous. <laughs> look at this guy. He's a, he's a he's giant, like, yeah. Yeah. He breathes too deep and his shirt's going to pop off, right? So <laughs> it's just, there's just something really weird where it's like, you just have to go along with it that Arnold's a normal human being. Right, yes. right, yes. Well, I guess two that I want to point out are like, have you seen Conan? Uh, I've seen the first one. I don't, because there's, he he did too, right? Yeah, I think yes, so. Did. Um, and then have you seen um Kindergarten Cop? <laughs> you know, I don't think I have actually. I love that one. That's a, that's that a personal is, favorite of mine. That movie is so good. It's not a tumor. It, but, uh, but it falls into. <laughs> but he kind of plays both sides without spoiling it. He kind of plays like kind of both sides of that. What you're talking about? I don't know the action and the comedy. Yeah, I really, yeah. I really like Last Action Hero. But someone, oh, I love oh, that movie. That's yeah. a good, that is a good one. Yeah. Someone was saying that that one doesn't hold up, but I, I mean, know, last time I watched it, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I think that for one's me fun. when I, I mean, I love that movie because like to me, it's just like Arnold Schwarzenegger is making fun of his whole movie career in that movie, and it's just mm-hmm. wonderful, and he's having a blast doing it. Yeah, you know, he's not taking himself too serious. You know, here's another really weird one. I'm looking at my letterbox because I've I've gotten in the habit of like compulsively documenting everything i watched have you ever seen clifford not the dog but the one with uh what, what's his Martin name short it? plays a 10 year old boy yeah, yeah. Oh, no i've not seen fuck. it but yeah I, I know the one i think maybe i've seen it but it was probably right when it came out or something and i don't really rem- it's, remember it it's so deranged it's the most deranged thing i think i've ever seen <laughs> like it's it's impossible to describe like martin short is playing this evil sociopath 10 year old boy but he's a 40 year old man and they don't like for no reason they for no reason they never say yeah. why oh that's weird i don't know if they I never acknowledge that. it yeah it's <laughs> it's just so creepy and annoying and it has this like really it, it escalates have you guys seen what about bob Oh, I love yes. that movie. I have, yeah. I, I, love that movie too. I have a, sh- I have the shirt that says "Don't hassle me, I'm local." I have so that shirt. Clifford, so. <laughs> Clifford escalates similarly at the end. Okay, okay, nice. God, I want to watch I, that movie again now. Which Not one? Clifford. What about Bob? <laughs> <laughs> I I remember seeing the previews for Clifford when I was in my mid-teens, and I was just like, "No, nah, I don't really think I want to watch that one." <laughs> right <laughs> and, I, and, I, and i said it exactly like that too that's an exact quote <laughs> I, I feel like it's something that like it plays better now as a weird cult film than like, yeah an actual comedy when it came sure out. right right oh yeah i i bet yeah because i mean i actually love martin short the guy's hilarious i mean you guys saw inner space right oh i used to love that movie mm-hmm. i used to watch that movie all the time yeah and then and then real quick because you're talking about like music and, and listen to some pop music 
Have you listened to the new Mars Volta album? I don't know if you're a fan of the Mars Volta. No, I haven't. And you know, like I've, God, like that's one of those bands that I I know they're good. I know they're amazing, but I've just never really got into them. Like I listened to their first album maybe, and then I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm a, I, I'm, I really like their music. Um, and they had, you know, broken up for a while. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And this album that they came back to together to do this uh, last year, like is very it's it's pop but it's also um has a lot of like latin kind of percussion and things. oh wow i want to oh, check cool. that out now so, yeah yeah it, it's really interesting it's interesting um it's a very stripped down version of what the mars volta is right but it's right. not like um it's not like one of those things where you're like oh what are they doing it's like no this this totally makes sense that at this point in their musical careers like this is the album that they needed to do right right that is um, cool i remember i had a roommate that would play it and he also worked at the video store with john and i and he would play it at the store all the time that first album and he's all like oh this is the mars volta they're really cool then all of a sudden they broke up <laughs> right it was crazy and then i I did hear that they had a new one coming out but i just haven't checked it out yet and then and then the last thing is um i've been listening to uh i think greg Pusciato, I don't know if I said his name right, but ah, uh, yeah, I love him. yeah the singer from Dillinger Escape Plan. He's been doing the he, he did a couple solo albums the last couple of years that are um, fucking great. Kind of kind of like exploring more of a I don't know what you call it, like dark wave, a little bit more melodic, but he still has that kind of thrash edge to some of the songs. Oh, nice! Oh, I like dark it's, wave. Uh, yeah, to me, his first album kind of sounds like a a blend of the Dillinger escape plan and his other band, the black queen. Yeah. It's like, he's switching back and forth between those two. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a really fucking awesome way. Nice. Great. Recommendations. Yeah, wanna, yeah, I'm going to check those out. Uh, Mi- send those Mirror to me. Cell, Mirror cell is the name of his most recent album. And that one is probably like, it feels, it feels like all the different things he was kind of experimenting, experimenting with. He kind of got it all to work together. How sometimes sometimes bands will do an album where every song sounds different, and then and then on the next album they kind of find a way to make those things work together. He's kind of kind of how I would describe it. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'll link all these bands in the show notes that we've been talking about. Great musical recommendations. I've been listening to um, the Will Wheaton Still Just a Geek audiobook. Oh right. And you were telling me about that. He's basically he's reading his old book but then annotating it, and he. Uh, he does like, you know, like he points out like where he's like he makes bad jokes, homophobic jokes, misogynistic jokes, and he apologizes and he takes um, ownership of those things. And oh, OK. Kind of, That's interesting. It's actually kind of really cool. You know, yeah. um, he's just like, you know, I was dumb. It doesn't excuse it. And I am sorry. I think that's interesting because it's like. I don't you know, there's been a lot of news about banning books and things lately and or like re rewriting Dr. Seuss and Roald Dahl and right yeah i feel like not i'm not trying to be hot takey or anything but like people need to understand the context in which things were made and like if the if the audience is adults like adults are gonna realize that yeah i can kind of i can kind of get when you have like you know dr seuss or something that generation after generation of kids are gonna read i i feel like it's better to be especially if the the you know in a case like this, where the original writer creators 
still around where they can go look i yeah this is this is not yeah. you know i don't stand by this today right exactly i'm not, not going to pretend that i i didn't say this at one point right. yeah no i mean and he even like says like you know like he doesn't change the text or anything he reads it how it is um but then you just like a footnote towards it and all that. It's actually kind of interesting to listen to as an audiobook because it's like half part book and then the other, and then a lot of footnotes and just just like, wait, are we in footnote or in story time? Right, but it's actually right. pretty cool to hear him talk about like the cast of the Next Generation all being like really swell people, and it, that actually just kind of makes me feel good because. <laughs> Not all, not all the actors in Star Trek are great people. Right, right. Yeah, no, this is interesting. It makes me think of um, the Muppet Show. Have you guys watched the Muppet Show on Disney Plus since it's all been released on there? Wait, the original Muppet Show? Yeah, the original Muppet Show. Um, uh, I, I, no, I haven't, I haven't watched it since since it aired. <laughs> I watched the weird, the like weird newer like reboot one. I mean, it's not new anymore. Right, but... right. I, I'm a huge fan of the Muppet Show. I love watching those old Muppet Show episodes, and they're all on Disney Plus now. And so I've been, awesome. I, so um, check this out. This kind of goes along with what you were talking about. Um, before each episode, or before episodes where it has something questionable, there's a disclaimer. And the disclaimer, I just pulled this up. It says, this program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and they're wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversations to create a more inclusive future together. Um, which I think is really cool. And so like, but, but it's also like when you see that one, you're like, oh, there's going to be something in this episode. What is it going to be? You know what I mean? Like I'm sitting there watching yeah. it and I'm like, this has been fine so far. And then there's this one segment I'm like, ooh, there it is. Oh, no. <laughs> <There's the thing. laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like, it's interesting. Yeah. It, it, it is interesting because it, it also makes you look for it. And then you're cognizant of it when it comes out and you're like, oh, that's what they were talking about. And it's like, that's exactly what you're talking about, Ross. Yeah, like with like Looney Tunes, right? Where like I think I think there's actually a collection of Looney Tunes that's specifically the the controversial ones because I, I think my my mom has a bunch of them on DVD. Sure. And and there's and there's one set that's like here's the ones that we're not going to put on the other sets, but you know, they're still part of the Looney Tunes library and so if you're interested in being, you know, completing the whole collection sure you got to go back and get those old dvds where they didn't take it off there the vhs's and whatnot so it's interesting as as like a as a artist to think of your work as being subject to i don't know what the right term would be but like well yeah it's like updated. yeah we don't know what future knowledge is gonna impact how we look back at things you know what i mean yeah, so right. yeah yeah that, that's what you're talking about and we might learn that um boy ross you're you have very negative depictions of of giant monsters and they're actually very kind and there's a whole and they're going to come and save our planet or something like that i don't know you know what i mean i was having a conversation <laughs> with a coworker, kind of, kind of like about how the depiction of violence in media is preferable to real violence yeah and it, and but like it's like it's allowing us to kind of tap into something that you know human society has maybe moved past the need for people to engage with right because we're you know, like I, the example i gave is like i would never be able to understand or i hope i hope i will never be able to understand what my 
grandparents and great grandparents went through in the the World War II time period, right, especially right. those who actually served in you know overseas <clears throat> and saw combat. But through film and things, I can get some sense, and and maybe that helps me have more empathy for that generation, right? Um, and what <laughs> and why and why they are the way they are, and why that you know the the generation in between is the way they are i I like to kind of take that view of things but but like could we get to a point as a society where you don't need that anymore yeah you know you don't need first person shooter games or or you know mortal Kombat, which i love all that stuff but will will we get to a point where that's like we don't need it like that that whatever that impulse is that wants to beat someone up in a video game like that that's no longer yeah yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know yeah, I don't know. And I mean, um, but but I do I, I do get what you're saying about like certain things, you know, um, and, you know, we were, I don't know, just enjoying horror movies and whatnot, or I don't know, the kind of, you know, I'm excited about Resident Evil. Resident Evil 4 is, is being remade oh, again and, you know, and all uh, this kind Evil of stuff. Dead. Evil Dead is coming out, you know, and yeah, I'm excited about that too, you know, to be honest. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think like, uh, I guess it... I don't know. This is making me think like it goes along with like being defensive or needing to defend yourself. And so do we ever get to somewhere where we don't have to do that? I don't know. You know? Yeah. If you think about like people, like all the, all the like serial killer shows that are coming out, I mean, it's always been a thing. Yeah. But, but like, if though, is that, is that something that there's always going to be people whose brain is wired in such a way that they're going to do those sort of awful things or is that something that is historic like the the context and like the it's the nature versus nurture question right right and so so like if you wanted to take an optimistic view of the trajectory of the human race right and say that eventually we'll move beyond the need for war and and you know interpersonal violence and things but if these people still exist like you still need to defend yourself yeah yeah, how are we going to be prepared to deal with those type of situations? And like, maybe maybe that's why these the stories that we tell are still still hold some um, value in that right. in that sense that they yeah. kind of help us prepare. Like, I mean, my whole my whole theory on horror that me- media that that is meant to scare or upset you is that at the end of the day, it's fiction, and so your brain kind of learns how to go through the process of coming back from being scared Hmm. you know so so going back to even like ghost stories around the campfire right well you wake up the next morning and you're fine yeah 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 and so that's part of like training yourself to to deal with the unknown fears and anxieties uh i don't don't even know what (laughs) to say a weird conversation (laughs) yeah (laughs) i didn't think we were gonna i didn't think we're gonna go this deep on the what do you see what do you say but man i've been in a weird headspace lately yeah yeah no it's all good it's uh (laughs) But no, then, I mean, but then, but then, what would Hellboy comics look like, Ross? What would Hellboy comics look like if there was? Would he just be like uh, eat pancakes with Hecate <laughs> all day eating long? Pancakes, yep. <laughs> eating pancakes with different people. That would be the new comic. Be like everything. Everything would be like an episode of Sesame Street or Teletubbies or something, where it's just oh, like. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. I was watching. Yeah. I went. I went and visited. I met my. Um, uh, nephew for the first time a couple weeks ago. He's one years old and he was born in Brazil. And, and they were watched. So like they were watching Sesame Street and it's a lot different than it was when I, when I was a kid, you know? Yeah. Cookie Monster 
has like a food truck and he and he teaches kids how to cook different meals <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's awesome. like they made the episode that i was watching with them was like they made hummus and carrots or something i was like this is not the cookie monster that i remember <laughs> but I, but I, but I, but does he ever eat a cookie it. though does he have cookies at any point I, no what no, he didn't <laughs> he didn't he ate carrots and hummus well good for him i guess it started to catch up with him that's awesome though <laughs> and, then, and then when they finish when they finish making the food they have this big catapult on top of their food truck and they launch it to the neighborhood where the kid's waiting for it nice it lands perfectly <laughs> in the kid's lap yeah man see but like i wish i would have had some programming like that and i would have learned how to make stuff because like all i have is like one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve i just have that stuck in my head every now and again that's all that i that's all that i got out of there's, it there's been some stuff that like people have posted online of like from like sesame street or children's programming and i'm like i uh-huh. didn't dream that like that was a real yeah thing. <laughs> those weird little animations or like yeah things that yeah. would be kind of intercut between the normal stuff um one time i was watching uh i was going through youtube and there was someone who i just recorded like over an hour of nickelodeon and it was just like in the middle of an episode of David the Gnome or something, and then it went into something else, and it had all the commercials and all the interstitials between, and I was, like, freaking out. Like, it was transporting my mind to somewhere else, you know what I mean? As I oh, was wow. watching it, it was so, so crazy. It was like, and I and yeah. all the little, like, you're talking about the little stings and the little tags and the little whatever animations, and it was, like, so trippy to watch but yeah that stuff is great i I don't think that i would ever enjoy just watching tv with commercials from when i was a kid but it was actually really awesome growing up two two of my all-time favorite movies the wizard of oz and willy wonka and the chocolate factory we had recorded them my parents recorded them from tv on a vhs oh yeah so so it still had the commercials oh wow and and it had scenes that were missing so, but like that was the version of, of both those classic movies that I grew up with was not an actual, not the actual VHS, but like recorded from TV. Oh, right. Like so you incorporated all forward. those commercials and everything yeah. into like your, so, what you think is the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah. So the first time, like, like when I got those, when I got those movies on, on DVD, there's like whole scenes that i'd never even seen before oh wow oh, wow! Like, what is this? Like, you're like was, this is my amazing. favorite movie and you're like wait a minute <laughs> yeah yeah a lot of the stuff um at the beginning of willy wonka where they're showing all the people trying to get the tickets yeah there's always there's always little like non sequitur kind of like just little gags and like all that stuff is cut out of this vhs tv version i have wow that's wow. so weird that's interesting mm-hmm. and awesome I love that. Okay, this is similar to that. Like we used to have, my dad had the entire Back to the Future trilogy on VHS, like from when each movie came out for the first time on VHS. And I would watch that trilogy on over and over. But in part one, there was a part where the tracking would just fuck up for like a brief <laughs> moment. And then the first time I was watching it on DVD, I was expecting to see that tracking oh, fucked yeah. up. And I was like, I was like, oh, right. This is fucking not there. <laughs> yeah, I feel, like, I feel like there's these weird um, artifacts, uh, you know, like of, of that, that's like future generations. 
I'm not even future, you know, just anyone younger than us, basically. Like, they, yeah. they're not going to have those weird... I mean, maybe they'll have it in a different way if they're watching. I don't know. Yeah. Like, but, like, st- streaming and Blu-rays and things, like, it, it makes everything so convenient and clean. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, clean in the sense that you're not getting these weird you know commercials in between tracking errors all this kind of stuff you're you're not getting some random like stay tuned for the news and there's like some (laughs) weird oddly specific (laughs) local news thing that is embedded in the middle of the wizard of oz yes something that happened in seattle washington in 1990 whenever right oh wow cool right well i'm gonna move the episode along let's talk about some comic book stuff so, comic books. What do you yeah. think this is? A comic book podcast? Yeah, we talked about. Well, we talk about a lot of different things on this podcast, especially in our nerding out episode. I should call this one spacing out or something like that instead of right? nerding out. This is like <laughs> oh, weirding out or something like that. That would be great. Okay, so you texted me earlier about like what was like your earliest comic memory or something that you remembered that you were embarrassed that you would be embarrassed. Oh about yeah, now. no, I did text you. I was like, um, early comic memories in general going along with that also made me think about comics that maybe, or things that you liked that are not cool anymore that are kind of cringy now <laughs> or kind of embarrassing now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I actually was thinking about that, cr- that, that part all day ever since you texted me and I was just like, well, no, I mean, that's just dumb, but it was a kid thing, so who cares, and then blah, 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 this and that. And then I remembered this comic my dad gave me and my friends to read. It's called Ripper, and it is probably the most racist fucking comic I've ever read. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but I didn't realize it at the time, but it, because my dad's like, hey, you like Punisher, you're going to like this guy. He like dresses up like an, an S&M fucking gear because he's got a zipper mouth, and he fucking kills... Uh, black people with knives and it's that stereotypical art the way that they draw drew them in the past you know that racist way oh wow yeah and it's just like it's all black white it is fucking violent and misogynistic and just fucking horrible oh my god That's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, that, I mean, and then, so did you recognize that at the time or, or was it later when you were like, wait a minute, that was not cool or whatever? Like, I don't know. I guess it depends Sadly, on your Sadly, I did not recognize it at the time. Right. And I probably should have been old enough to, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, I haven't even looked at that comic since then, but I just like remember thinking, oh my God, this is fucking horrible. Yeah. A couple of years ago, my parents were driving through, uh, and they were they're moving, and so they had a bunch of boxes that they gave me, just my my old junk, and so one of them was my old, you know, my my childhood comic book collection, and and I was not a big comic book collector, you know, I was just like chopping at the grocery store. Oh, hey, can I get this? Oh, sure, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And be, so I just had these random issues of random things. Um, mostly it was like Ninja Turtles and Sonic the Hedgehog, but then, you know, quite a bit of, uh, Spider-Man and X-Men from the, you know, the nineties, kind of the whole scope of the nineties. I was born in 88. Right. Okay. Okay. um, My, my kind of like comics was probably at its low point when I was the age that I would have been getting into it. Mm. 
Um, so that's why I kind of got more more into comics like into high school and college with like some of the Bendis Marvel stuff and then like Image and Hellboy. But so I, I started going through it and I, I'm looking I pulled it up on on I had done a Twitter thread mm-hmm. where I was just kind of browsing through these and like taking pictures of stuff that I thought was funny or kind of reminded me of something. There was one comic and I don't I don't know where I got this from. I think like my dad's cousin or something had a bunch of random comics he gave me. It's called Space Beaver. <laughs> have you ever heard of Space Beaver? No, I, I have haven't. That. Okay, wait, hold on, hold on. I remember when you posted that thread because I was like, I have that comic. You have Space Beaver? I do. <laughs> what? My, it was drawn by um the Derek Robertson. Derek Robertson, who yeah, who uh, who drew like the boys, I think. Oh. And so okay. like it's it's kind of it's kind of in that same vein of like after the Ninja Turtles were so popular, like everyone was doing their right, right. knockoff Ninja Turtles. Yes, yeah, like um, the radioactive adolescent black belt hamsters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like but this was different. I, I mean it even even like skimming through it again, like this was more it was like Star Wars with with, you know, cartoon beaver and turtle and bunny and stuff. And and in my memory, I remembered it being like super like graphic, violent, and like there's like sexy parts. And and then looking at it as an adult, I was like, that's not in here. Right. Like I just it was just my my imagination. Like there's a little bit of innuendo and a little bit of violence, but in my imagination, it was like like I was. It was it was one of those comics that as a kid, I'm like, oh, like I shouldn't have this, you know, like right. this isn't for kids, right? And then I look at it now, and I'm like, what? this is like you know okay for all ages, right? Right. Um, yeah, so, that's know, so that, funny. That in your mind, you you know, we we recently on the podcast, we recently read those Batman. Tulpa by Bray Fogle, and I remember that being a lot more violent in my mind. Like in like uh, we talked about it on the episode, but you know, there's a part where a guy gets like basically uh, chopped in half with an axe or something. But it's all all that all of it occurs off panel, and there's some vague little shots of it where you can kind of see something, but not really. But uh, when I when I read that as a kid, I I thought in, in my mind like you that dude got chopped in half like holy shit yeah. they put that in a comic yeah. you know what i mean and it, it was interesting going back and looking at it again and going oh it's pretty vague and they don't really show too much but i remember it as oh this dude gets chopped in half in this part and that's not really what happens but you know what i mean anyway yeah i think that's kind of what you're talking about another really weird one that i found is called the realm it's like a it's like a high fantasy kind of looks like manga anime sort of influenced it was drawn by guy davis oh wow oh wow and it looks nothing like anything i've seen him do anywhere else interesting uh it's really really bizarre like (laughs) and i don't remember when i first made the connection that it was him who did it but like i don't know if i was reading an interview with you know him that was a deep dive on his career or something but right like I remember right. reading somewhere they've referenced this thing that he had done, and he's like, "Yeah, I can't even, you know, it's one of those things that can't even look at anymore because it was just he was trying to do something that that was so far removed from from the the type of thing he does now." Right. Yeah, this looks like it's a 1986 comic by Arrow Caliber Comics. And for some, so I have I have issues three through six. 
Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know how the story starts, and I probably will never, never know. <laughs> when, when we were all collecting comics as a kid, my brother Nick would buy these random grab bags for 25 cents or something like that, and it'd be like 25 comics of random stuff. And there was a lot of weird random shit in there. <laughs> There'd be like a good comic here or there, or right? Something like that. But the rest of it is like Bean <laughs> Comic Number Two or whatever. Yeah, no, I mean like, like I don't know. I mean, like I have, I actually still have a lot of these in a box. So it's like I have a paper box filled of random crap comics <laughs> that I don't know why I keep carrying with me from house to house. I should just probably throw away. Right, right, or put them like in a free box or something like that. You know, oh. next time. Next time we do a no, con, they're not th- they're not that good. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> will take them. <laughs> Man, uh, <laughs> all of y'all's are all of y'all's are like very young. Like I now I'm starting to feel self conscious because mine are like not the, when I was already kind of like a little bit older. But I I guess um and I don't know. I, we'll get into a whole thing. I'm sure. But like when Greg Land first came out, like I was kind, of, I was, I was kind of into his stuff, and I was like, "Oh wow, I, this looks cool." Um, um, oh and, yeah, and, like and, uh, cross gen stuff. Cross gen. So I yeah. was, in, I was into I that. that I was into that book yeah. Sojourn, you know, that he was yeah. doing. Yeah. And uh, all that stuff, and then later, you know, turned around that you know maybe Greg Land is, you know, there, there's a there's a ton of reasons why pe- people don't like Greg Land and, and his artwork, and you could go on and on, and and even now I see shit that I'm just like fuck you know what i mean he's not that greater guy but i was like oh my god this is incredible and then that was the other thing too is like i go back and look at um some comics like i'll be like uh oh this used to be one of my favorite comics you know what i mean like i'll see a cover of an old comic and i'll go man i used to love this comic and then i'll go in and look at it and it's very um how do i put this a teenage boy fantasy comic you know what i mean like it's oh, like yeah oh i used to love this comic and it's like it's an eric larson comic where mary jane has like giant proportions you know what i mean in every <laughs> scene that she's in and she's wearing hardly nothing and i'm like hmm, why did i like this comic so much you know and then it's like man <laughs> you, were, you were you were really lonely or something at this time or i don't know what you know what i mean but but at, at the same time like i'm also like i just liked what i liked you know what i mean like i had a shit yeah. ton of rob liefeld um stuff i thought that that was super cool i was collecting all that stuff from all the stuff that people make fun of like the image, oh. com- you know, the image comics that everybody bought and thought they were going to be a millionaire or whatever. I was into all that stuff too, you know. And I mean, like, I I liked all that stuff. And at a certain point, I just think like, well, I liked what I liked, and you know, I yeah. I, I don't really feel too embarrassed about it because I wouldn't be where I am now if I hadn't read all this other stuff. You know what I mean? Like, that's how you find out. Oh what's, yeah, what's good and what's well, bad or whatever, and how to how to like be conscious about the kind of subjects that you're looking at or you know the way that certain things are portrayed or whatever you know i mean you start learning about that stuff as you read stuff that is not very smart or very conscious of those things i don't know were were you ever into johnny the homicidal maniac i was no i no i i never read that one but yeah, yeah i guess that's kind of the same thing right or that was one of those things that I don't. I think when when Invader Zim came out, you know, and it was like the the Wild West. Oh, it's the it Invader Zim out. guy, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Aubrey. I think you you told me about this, right? Or and yeah, um, so it was, 
Yeah, like I never actually, I have still not actually read the comics, but I would spend hours like searching on the internet because I just thought like the the art style was so cool. And so yeah. I just try to find any sort of like scans that people were posting on these weird blogs and what were wherever dark corners of the internet for this comic that I knew like my parents would never let me read this. Mm, okay. Uh, right. And and so I like it's still, you know, I wonder like should I like should I go back and read it or like should I just let it be a thing that <laughs> was more interesting in my imagination? Sure. Then it probably like it probably is doesn't hold up that well it's a comic about a, a serial killer right you know i don't know by the guy who made invaders in maybe it's good maybe it's terrible i have no idea but it had a huge impact on me because it was just this thing that i was just vaguely aware of existing that i used to look for like pictures of on the internet because right. I, I just liked the way the guy drew yeah my uh old roommate one day comes in or, you know he's all like we were both like into comics. He's like, dude, you got to read this one, Johnny the Homeless Automaniac, because it was like, I guess, the late 90s, early 2000s. And we were both, you know, like really into cool, like, we thought we were into cool shit like The Crow and being goth and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. What are you talking about, Aubrey? That is cool shit. I didn't say it wasn't. I just said, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember I read all that stuff and I was just like, Man, this is cool, cool, but it's also pretty nihilistic and just fucked up. And then one day, that like, same roommate, a couple of years later, comes home and goes, "Hey, uh, there's this new show from uh, the guy that created Honey the Homicidal Mania called Invader Zim," and we watched it. The thing was fucking great. I love <laughs> that. The, yeah, it's good. But as to the comic, I remember enjoying it at the time, but I can't say if it was actually good if i was just an angsty person sure <laughs> yeah 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 that that's kind of what it is too is like you're still awkward or you're still growing up in certain ways i'm trying to think of uh any other like early comic memories i've kind of talked about a lot of them over the course of the of the show like my, my first like i guess early like comic memories of like spider-man would be like spider-man on the electric company where he didn't talk he his stuff was in word bubbles to try to teach you how to read. Or and then Spider-Man and his amazing friends. It wasn't until like years later that I actually started reading the Spider-Man comic. Yeah. I think I mentioned this before, but but like so much of what I knew as a kid about Marvel in particular was from collecting the trading cards. Oh right. You did talk about that. Yeah. Like yes. reading, reading the backs of the trading cards. I I knew all the characters, even though I had not actually read the vast majority of the comics from, from that time period. Right. Yeah, no, I'm I'm thinking about it now. So I guess this dates me a little bit. I was uh there was a He-Man when they introduced She I was into He-Man and all that stuff. Um I was into super into Masters of the Universe and all that. And Same. uh when they introduced She-Ra, they did a movie, and it was called The Secret of the Sword. And I actually went to go see this movie in the theater. I was, I was oh, really, I'm so jealous. I, I was really little, <laughs> um, but they gave out a promotional comic, and uh, and it's only like four pages or something like that. And I still have it. It's all beaten to hell. It's in horrible condition. I've actually looked it up online because I kind of want to buy another copy of it. But uh, th I think that was probably one of my first comics. Was that comic? from the whatever he-man secret of the sword or whatever um, awesome. i think that's probably like one of the very first comics that, that i had and i still have it like i held on to it for some reason i was like oh i should probably this is cool for whatever reason and i think that probably was the 
beginning of my collection was that one little book or whatever. Did you ever see that movie, Secret of the Sword? He-Man, Masters of the Universe? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it came on TV, like, you know, because it was like... Oh, the right, TV. because they also split it up into the episodes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it was the bridge between He-Man and She-Ra, because yeah. after that, there was only the She-Ra show, because, you know, they only made so many He-Man episodes. Right. I loved all that stuff. Yeah. Of course, it's watching it, like, today is just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I still no wonder I, my parents said this was garbage. <laughs> yeah, I still have a love for for that for that universe. Yeah, oh, don't get me I wrong. I, I a lot. The, the nostalgia is still there. It's yeah. like you know, but for me, I guess it's more Transformers. Um, I wouldn't say cringeworthy, but like, um, so last week we were talking to Adam Hughes, right? Uh-huh. And he kept talking about doing Betty and Veronica, and I was like, man, I kind of want to read that. Comic oh, because... I actually do want to get those. I want to get those three issues that he did. I want to check that out. I'm actually because in when. That. When I was a kid, you know, like I would read, if you put a comic book in front of my face, I would read it no matter what. I read weird shit, but my sister always got Archie comics and I would read the crap out of those and they were great. (laughs) Oh yeah. Now that you think about it, like, I don't, well, I guess this doesn't count like the newspaper strips or whatever. I would read, like, I would go to the library and read I would go to the mm-hmm. library and I would read all the Garfield com- books, you know, those little compilations. I would read all the Calvin and Hobbes books. Like they, they had like a library thing where like you, if you read so many books, you get a certificate. It was like a summer thing to try to promote reading. And then at, right. at, a, at a certain point, the librarian had to tell me they can't all be these Garfield books and Calvin and Hobbes <laughs> books. You have to you have to read other books because that well, I, and I'll get I'll get Foxtrot and Doonesbury. Yeah, I would just go through all of them and I would read the heck out of all of those. I loved that stuff. We have a our a local graphic novel book club through the library, and we did the Calvin and Hobbes 10th anniversary collection, which oh, was one wow. of my. One oh, of my wow. awesome. suggestions that got selected. Um, because, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Calvin and Hobbes. I have the like complete Calvin and Hobbes hardcover three volume set. I need to get I that. Have, I have was, the four volume softcover set. <laughs> it was okay, so I need fun to, to revisit. <laughs> it was fun to revisit that collection, the 10th anniversary one, because it has all of the commentary from Bill Watterson. Yeah. And, uh, and like essays about newspaper format and syndicates and creators rights and like stuff that I like, I actually read all that when I was a kid and it's such a weird thing to like, I'm going to start my 10th anniversary Calvin Hobbes collection with a big rant about, you know, the, the newspaper format. You right. know? It's, it's yeah. Like, it's, it's such a weird thing that he would include that in a collection like that. But talking about earliest memories of comics, like, that's the earliest memories I have of thinking about comics as a medium and right. thinking about someone, you know, the limits of the storytelling based on the format and um, thinking about the integrity of the artwork and the integrity of these. He he was really against licensing. That's why there's no Calvin and Hobbes merchandise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, you know, it's interesting. Right. Like how that, that always stuck with me and, um, you know, Bill Watterson is such an interesting, weird, uh, well, I shouldn't say it's weird, who knows, but he's, he's a recluse, you know, he's right. He's yeah. given like three interviews in the last 20 years or something like, yeah, it, it's just fascinating that he could make such a, a, a volume of work in a medium that is considered like the least, I don't know how to put it, like respected. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. least respected. It's like newspaper comic strips, you know, sure, something that sure. you, you 
you might get a few laughs and then you throw them away. Right? Sure, yeah. And he never he never undervalued what he was doing. Is kind of the main takeaway. Like he he yeah. definitely has a has a dry sense of humor and and kind of has a can be self deprecating at times. But he took it he took what he did seriously and didn't want it to just be. Like there's far side cartoons that I've seen so many times on like, you know, when I was in school, every science teacher had it posted on their, you know, whiteboard yeah. or something. And it loses its its magic when something becomes a commodity, uh, a commodity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To, to that to that level, which isn't to say that there was no, you know, no artistic value to some of those comic strips when they started out. But a lot of them nowadays, it just seems like it's just it's just merchandise, right. you know? Yeah. Ross, did you hear about uh, Bill, they, Bill Barterson announced a new project coming up soon? I did. It's like, it's yeah. really weird looking. Yeah. It does so look weird. It, it's called The Mysteries. It's a new book slated to be released this year by uh, Bill Waterson, along with fellow artist John Cash about a fable for grown-ups quote um, yeah it's like a, it's like a fairy t- it's like an illustrated fairy tale or something right yeah it's really interesting it comes out in october Ooh, right around halloween Ooh, times maybe we can talk about it on the podcast um i just watched this awesome video about bill waterson uh that i saw on youtube let me see if i can pull this up i'll link in the show notes for you guys but uh it was really interesting it was about that stupid peen calvin uh, yeah, decal, yeah. <laughs> and it was basically talking about how I think I probably watched the same video. Yeah, it was talking about how like he never went after it because, and he could have because to go after it, he would have had to license it in order to for lawyers to be to defend him and his property or whatever. He would have had to like I don't know. Oh, it, that's it, messed it, up. There, he was going to have to do something that he didn't want to do in order to get the representation and all that kind of stuff and so he just said fuck it you know what i mean like it was more important to him to have his integrity with his book than it was to license his, his stuff and then i it, it would have still been out there you know what i mean um yeah the youtube video is by phil edwards it's called the truth about peen calvin it's really interesting it's about 12 minutes long um i'll link in okay. the show notes it's definitely worth a watch it was super cool but since we're talking about bill watterson already um i thought i would bring that up too Wait, have y'all seen the uh, the the documentary about Bill Watterson and Calvin and Hobbes? No, I, have I haven't. Not. Where what what where can you watch that? Or what is it called? <sighs> Fuck, I cannot remember the is name. Is it like it. the Finding Bill Watterson or something like that? Yeah, I don't know where you can watch it right now. I remember seeing it like about ten years ago on Hulu. Oh, okay. I'm gonna look this up. Yeah, um, it's actually pretty cool because they just talk about him and Calvin and Hobbes and all that kind of stuff. But um, Ross, what you were talking about, like where he, the 10th anniversary, at the, those essays in the beginning, I used to have that, and I loved reading about that, and I loved hearing about that, and like how you talked, like when you first started doing the Sunday strips, they were constrained to the, um, the format of the speci- paper, yeah, specific with the, panel layout, yeah, and with the throwaway panel in case in case they wanted with a throwaway joke in it. And then, like, when he went on a sabbatical, he came back and he's like, no, this is what I'm going to do. I want this particular spot, and I'm going to do what I want to do in the whole Sunday strip. And that's when you see the strips on Sunday start changing, and it's, right. like, really awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's called Dear Mr. Watterson. That's from, what it's called. It's from 2013, and it's free on everything. It's free on YouTube. It's on Tubi. It's on Vudu and Roku and Amazon Prime. So Okay, cool. Yeah. On Apple, you have to pay $4 to watch it, though. <laughs> Or just download the Amazon app. <laughs> yeah, it's free on everything. So yeah, I have to check that out. Speaking of that peeing Calvin, somebody came into the um, 
I work at a print shop and somebody came in yesterday and had one one of them printed out on a transparency and I'm just like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> what was he peeing on, Aubrey? Tell us. The Nike, the Nike logo. Oh, great. <laughs> and it said, don't do it. And I'm just like, what a what? dumb I, shit. Yeah, it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What else? Um, what are you guys reading right now? Are you reading any comics? No, I mean, I, I keep meaning to read some other stuff but I, I just keep reading stuff for the podcast and i just that's the problem that i have aubrey I'm, I'm glad you said that I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's the problem i have i have such a backlog of things and every once in a while like i'll just i'll i'll read like 50 comics in like a weekend and then and then it just builds up and builds up and builds up and like right now when kashi number four came out i had like three different book club members like text me if I've read it and I had to be like, ah, I haven't, you know what I mean? I feel like I'm getting kicked out of Hellboy society because I haven't read, <laughs> I'm not caught up on, on these comics. And so yeah. anyway, I'm going to try I'm, to catch up I this weekend. The same. I've been, um, I just read the, uh, Silver Lantern Club. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. We're like, going to, we're going to be like wrapping that. that up on the, on the Hellboy book club soon. Yeah. Stuff like that. That kind of was like, I just, Cause I, cause I, you know, I, I wait for the trades, but, but I've just kind of fallen out of the loop of keeping up on like what's coming out. And I just, I kind of like, it's, you know, wait for you guys to say you're going to do an episode about it. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's one I haven't read yet. Right. Okay. Um, that Kashi one looks, I'm excited about that one. Yeah, I know. Uh, I think, um, somebody or a book club member messaged me and they were like, have you read number four yet? And I was like, I haven't read number three. You know what I mean? I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh no. I had to mute the, uh spoiler group on facebook oh, uh, i had to mute them because i'm like man this whole thing is gonna get spoiled for me so but everybody's talking about it and everybody wants to know if i've read it and i'm like dang it you know i haven't so i need to get on that I, but then i don't catch up on the my backlog and i don't know it's just anyway um, yeah first world problems or whatever i have too many comics to read too many good comics to read well no i mean i know what you mean it's just like i i subscribe to those marvel and dc apps and i'm like keep putting stuff i want to read in the list but then i'm like eh, i don't feel like reading right now I'm yeah. gonna watch some tv <laughs> i'm gonna sit here and watch seven hours of youtube videos of people like repairing tools and washing cars and cooking food and <laughs> other dumb shit yeah <sighs> we all do it we all do it it's hard to not to especially like you know we we all work full-time jobs too i mean i wish that mm-hmm. yeah. i wish that podcasting could be my job if podcasting could be my job i'm sure that i'd you know, be able to like consume a lot more different media and stuff like that. But, you know, you work a full time job and then I'm, you know, playing in the band and doing this podcast and then also, you know, trying to have a social life on top of it. So it's just kind of like, yeah, becomes yeah. a lot. Let's just all quit our jobs. That, well, I was like, I, I gave up on the social life quite a, quite a, you know, long time ago. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, no, I was, I, you know, I'm, music i would like to start getting back into music i'm thinking about you know i'm trying to decide what i want to hell yes ross let's do let's do something virtual you know um when uh when i when i moved to houston uh me and my brother used to use audacity and we would send files back and forth to each other and we write songs like that and then like every once in a while we'd get together in person and then we'd be able to like actually play them you know and stuff like that and i mean nothing really came of it it was just something that we did for fun but you know like I would totally, yeah, yeah to, send me some, send me some decide, music or like, something. That would be awesome. I'm, I'm thinking about moving later this year and seeing if I can find a place where I could actually keep a drum set. 
because it's been yeah it's been a while since I've been able to play, and I've got a I've got an old kit that's in our garage, but we live in an apartment complex, so right. I can't play it. It's just been sitting there for years. Um, so I've I've been thinking about maybe getting an electronic kit, but you know, well, that, yeah. I, like, I'm thinking if I can if I can find a place to live, or 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 like you know, hook up with some guys locally who have like a studio or something. Right, right. That's another option. You know, during yeah. during COVID, I, I miss um, that so much. Yeah. I, you know, yeah, that's so important. And like, I always, uh, I went to school, I was in high school band, and I went to school with so many great drummers. Um, so many drummers are way better than I was, you know what I mean? And and they were incredible. And then they don't play anymore. After high school, they just stopped playing. And I'm like, what? The, how could you lose that skill? You know what I mean? Like, how could you mm-hmm. um, not try and hold on to that? You know, or it's, it's, it's so important. But anyway, um, what, what I did, Ross, uh, during COVID is we, we weren't going to our studio to, to practice. So I set up my kit here in the garage and I just bought those muffle pads and they're actually pretty effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can buy one for the bass drum. And then I only really play it if I'm going to play it like it's during the daytime, you know what I mean? And it's got those muffles on it. So, and yeah, that would, I mean, you, you, can... you, you don't get the same, you don't get the same feel, you know what I mean? Obviously, but Hey, yeah. you know what I mean? It's a way to you, still certain, play. I don't know. Certain skills that you can keep up on doing that, you know, yeah. like, you know, I mean, okay. You you know, there's a difference between like jazz drumming and rock drumming, sure. and and I feel like I feel like rock drumming, you know, it doesn't matter what you're hitting. It it has more to do with kind of the intensity and and the kind of the like just maintaining the forward momentum, whereas in jazz it's more lyrical, a little bit more, um, like accents and things are more important. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So when I uh, when I was in school, I played in the jazz band, and I had only played behind the drum kit for jazz band. And then uh, somebody, I got asked to be in a garage band, and I didn't really know how to play. Like I didn't really know what to do, and so I told them, this is with the kind of dork that I was. I was probably like in sixth grade or seventh grade, and I went to my band director, and I I told him, I was like. Hey, uh, I got this kid. These kids want me to play in their garage band, but like, I, I don't really know what to do when I'm in there. And he was like, "Oh, okay." He was like, "Let me show you." This is what he told me. He said, uh, "Rock music is is all feet. It's all your bass drum stuff and stuff that you're doing like that." And he goes, "Jazz is all your hands. You're doing hand stuff and you're doing very little yeah. feet." And then, and so that's how he taught it to me. And he was like, "So just do this. Just." keep a beat with your foot you know what i mean basically is like what you need to do and then with your hands you could just be doing whatever you know you're doing fills you're doing things uh to supplement but you're keeping you're basically keeping the rhythm for the band whereas on jazz you know you're kind of driving you're using that driving uh but that's all up top it's all through the drums through the cymbals and all that kind of stuff anyway that's how i learned when i was in seventh grade how to how to play rock music yeah i just I never had any formal training. I had a friend who played guitar and another friend who sort of kind of played bass. <laughs> and they're like, we need a drummer. And I told my parents, I'm going to play drums. <laughs> uh, okay. Hey. So I had a, there was like a, 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 someone who was in the jazz band a few years ahead of me who kind of did some lessons with me um, for a little bit. But I ended up, not playing drums in most of the bands I was in in high school because they found out I could sing okay. I think drums, it's like it's like playing a bicycle, right? Like rhythm and things. Like you don't really lose that. Yeah, but yeah. You might lose some of the dexterity of like holding the sticks and 
Yeah. You know. Yeah, I know. And, and the, the endurance of it. Sure, sure. Um, I, but another thing, too, is, like, right now, like, there's so many, like, YouTube tutorials and things like that. I yeah. mean, there's so much, like, useful information uh, just yeah. free online where you could just, like, learn. And, and if you've already got a background in the skill, then you could just use that to supplement it. And, like, there's some there, there's some good videos out there. There's a lot of good yeah, I stuff. Had a, so I had cool. a book I was – I had a book that came with, like, you know, an MP3 CD. And it was, <laughs> cool. it was like – I, it was like the point of it was was like here are all the different beats for every style of music so it'd be like here's the chapter like here's the beats you use if you're playing acid jazz here's they're the beats that you use if you're playing punk like it would and so like that book i always liked because i could kind of look and pick pick something like oh i, I don't know how to play klezmer <laughs> you know <laughs> let's, let's let's learn the klezmer beats or you know something like that and, and try to learn how to incorporate that into the the stuff i was you know, the right, rock music right. and stuff I was playing. Yeah, man, get into it. Do it. That would be awesome. I, I think it's it's good to have uh, some sort of outside thing that you're doing. Like this podcast, you know what I mean? This is like totally recreational, but I get a lot out of it. And uh, I think it's important, you know, to have something artistic that you're putting out there into the world. Oh, yeah, this podcast, this podcast is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, awesome. I think that I think that that's a great way to kind of wrap up the episode here. Uh, Ross, wh what do you have going on? So, I mean, obviously, uh, stomped number three uh, finished. You're sending out Work. some rewards. Um, you're, I, I think you're still working on that a little bit. What, what else is going on? So, yeah, so I'm still I'm, I've got basically basically the commission reward tiers for stomped issue four. I, got, I still got to get those done. Oh, issue four. I'm sorry. Out. I think I said three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've actually got Aubrey. Yours is already packaged. I just haven't printed off the shipping label for you. <laughs> John's yours, yours is going to be a little bit ways away, but it's yeah, fine. I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to wrap that stuff up. Um, you know, if anyone follows me on Twitter, they know I've been dealing with some stuff yes. in my personal life that's taken a lot out of me the last few months. Um, but you know, I've been I've been really appreciative of having like you guys or just the you know the comics community in general to kind of give me something to like like you're saying, John, like something to just do where you feel like you're putting something in the world that yes. you enjoy, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and it's it's rewarding to just connect with other people who enjoy the same things. So I've been doing this um, webtoon superhero comic spandex. Yes. Chipping away at, I'm trying. I'm trying to build up the momentum to to get to like a, a two episode a month schedule. So that's that's kind of something I'm, I'm planning on kind of focusing on and continuing for the rest of this year, and and eventually maybe bringing it to like some sort of print print form. Nice. Okay. Another cool. Kickstarter with that, and then awesome. I've got I've got more plans for future stomp stuff in the back back of issue four. I talk about some of the some of it. Joshua Green, who who's one of my buddies who lives up in Portland, who did uh, one of the backup stories in issue three. He's he and I have been talking about doing it like a like a one shot, a full full length comic that's a stomp story. So instead of doing it in like the twelve page anthology, sure, style, yeah, this would be you know like a maybe a thirty pager. That's all one story. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, so that's that's it. Like I'm kind of those those two things are kind of my big projects right now. I'm kind of taking it uh, <laughs> a day at a time and yeah, and yeah. Trying trying not to overwhelm myself. That's that's the problem that I fall into. Is I I really love doing this stuff, but I'll create 
deadlines and things for myself that create stress that yeah. I don't need to have. So yeah, man, and you gotta yeah. you gotta take care of yourself first and foremost, and and that's one thing is like whenever. You know, we we put out a show every week, and even a week like this where something comes up where Danielle, you know, is sick, I, I still want to put something out. But there have been some weeks where we haven't been able to put out an episode, and like whenever those weeks have come out, the community has been so kind. Everyone's like, "No, take your time, feel better, take care of what you need to take care of." You know, it, you know, or whatever. So, I, you know, just to keep that with you too, and know that people are understanding. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and, yeah. and and people will accept that if you're just like, "Look, I'm I'm a human being and i'm like working through some shit and and, you know or i need a little bit more time on this or whatever so yeah definitely don't burn yourself out i feel like i've i've you talking about getting burned on kickstarters before i feel like i've i've been fortunate to have delivered you know three three other issues of stomps plus the milagro graphic novel and all of that kind of earned i think some uh I don't know if goodwill is the right way of putting it, but you know, like pe- yeah. people know, <laughs> you know, people know that it's, it's, it's coming. If you haven't gotten it yet, it's, it's on its way. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't think that's ever been an issue. And for me, it's just about like getting it. Like I don't really mind waiting, but I just want like a good product. And like, so that's when I was excited when this video game came out for me, this feeling like I'm making up for lost time. So I'm like, I want to, I want to be putting stuff out, putting stuff out, putting stuff out. And it's like, there's no reason, like, this is, it's just pressure I just made up for myself, you know? Right. Like, I yeah. want to, I have all these things, I have, I call it, like, creative constipation, right? Now I've got more time to work on these projects. There's just, like, a flood of ideas, but then sitting down and doing it. I mean, I, I just think that's pretty common. Anybody who's got uh, the, oh, yeah. creative, creative impulses and things, it's like, the, the coming up with it is the fun part. Doing <laughs> it, that's... You know? Yeah, that's yeah. that's what it's like. You start to separate the people who you know they they get the work done or they don't, right? And and that's when people start to figure out too, like, is this just a hobby or is this you know, right. yeah, something that I'm going to kind of try to turn into a career? And the stresses the stresses that come with that. Um, it's nice to like if you can reach the point where you like make peace with that because I feel like a lot of people feel that like there's always that hope <laughs> like oh maybe I can like break in or, or like sure. you know, have my like you know have that hit single or that right exactly you know. yeah that's the definitely thing uh Ross so uh going back to uh, the Kickstarter stomp thing I can't express to you how much I fucking love the way you drew my dog for me man that thing was, oh yeah it was so amazing. Everybody I showed it to who knows my dog was like, holy shit, that looks exactly like Jake. I have a, that's kind of like my, my secret art skill is drawing animals. <laughs> like I don't, I don't like do like that. That's not like a thing that I push is like, I'm an animal artist, but yeah, I do feel like I, uh, I, I enjoy drawing animals quite a bit, actually. I, 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 I would much rather draw someone's dog than someone's kid. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> I have another dog. I'll probably ask you for uh, a commission of him in a while, in a little bit later. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it was like when I when I saw it pop up on like either it was, it was Twitter or Instagram. I can't remember. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Well, thank you. Yeah, um, all the art that I see you post online is uh, looks amazing. I really like that Hellboy sketch you did. <laughs> well good <laughs> yeah no that's that's heading your way pretty soon so oh my god that's so good it's sweet i'm gonna put it next to my abe <laughs> confirmation yeah that's an incredible one i didn't realize that that was that that was aubrey's but i but i definitely um saw it and shared it a bunch of times because that was a 
That was a great one. Huh. And Ross, you're just you're just like super talented, and I can't believe that I have your fucking artwork hanging on my walls. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I also had another project I worked on that I can't officially say. It's it's oh, not a big thing. Oh yes. I'll just say I did some I did some licensed sketch cards. Yes. Uh, so so keep an eye out for that because eventually I'm I'm waiting. I finished them. I did 52 of them, and Ooh. I'm waiting to get you know the approval to go ahead and start sharing some of those. So that that's also kind of why I kind of fell behind on getting the commissions done is because that that was an opportunity that I didn't want to miss on. So. Yeah, yeah, that's really yeah. cool. I'm excited for that too. Um, I know a little bit of behind the scenes about that, but we'll keep it all hush hush for now. Um, until Ross can get those permissions, but yeah, excellent. So Ross, if people want to follow you online or if they want to check out any of your books, um, how can they do that? So I'm going to be pretty soon posting all four issues of Stomped, um, for as like digital download purchases on my website, which is just www.rossradke.com. I'll link in the show notes. Then, you know, I'm on, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on, I've got a Facebook art page. Um, and so if you just look up my name, Ross Radke or, um, I think some of them, it's RT Radke. It's pretty easy to find. Awesome. Yeah, definitely give Ross a follow. All his links will be in the show notes. Excellent. We hope that Danielle feels better. Thanks again, Ross, for jumping in at the last minute and helping us out yeah, with this episode. Yeah, thank you, Ross. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, it's so great to talk to you and hang out. And I think like most of the time that you're on the show, we're talking about other stuff or we're talking about your kickstarters or something like that i I don't know if we've done an episode where we just like i feel like a lot of times that's like takes place before we start recording yeah (laughs) yes because i feel like some of the stuff we talked about today i'm like did we talk about this before maybe yeah yeah (laughs) i'm so glad that you were able to come on and i'm so excited to hear what our listeners thought of this episode and i want to also hear their early comic memories or if they have anything in their comic book closets that they're embarrassed about um tell us it's it's fine you know what i mean we won't judge you just a little bit oh i thought of another one i have a i have a mr t comic see that's mr. cool t. though that's cool I'm well, the fool that makes fun of you well it's like again this is one of those things that like as a kid i was not prepared to read because he pulls a um a baby out of a dumpster and like and then like oh, takes shit. it to like an orphanage or something oh so my like, god yeah, it's like really like intense <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow like that's some, yeah it's some like intense subject matter in a dumpster and he like goes and it's like i don't know he's like don't do drugs you know <laughs> <laughs> I, I could be completely misremembering this again yeah. this is something that like yeah i'm gonna go oh, track man. down this comic i'm gonna go look for it uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure it exists. I mean, yeah. Mr. Chief is doing all kinds of shit like that. Yeah. See, uh, I, I think that's cool because I, when I was trying to think of some cringeworthy ones, like I was like, nah, that's not cringy. It's cool. Like, I had like Jello Man number one or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it was some stupid promotional comic or whatever. And it's like, but that's cool. I don't know. Those kind of things are kind of cool. Oh yeah. I mean, that stuff is just fun, dumb shit. You know. <laughs> when I one year uh, we went to Comic Palooza. And Peter David was there. And obviously I had some uh, some stuff that I wanted him to sign that was good stuff. I mean, good Peter David stuff, you know, uh, Peter David books. And then we also bought some stuff from him as well. Um, but I had this Captain America Don't Do Drugs comic that he had done. It was like one of those. It was like one of those free comics or whatever. And when I awesome. gave and when I gave him and when I gave it to him to sign it, he did not look pleased with me. And uh, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just leave it at that. He signed it, but he was just like 
he was just kind of like, really? But I like those comics. I think those comics are fun. The ones that were free or they were in the newspaper or whatever. Or I don't yeah. know. I, I, I like to collect those things when I see them out in the wild. But anyway. I've got... Uh, you, you keep making me think of other ones. So <laughs> Dan, Dan Slott, the first full comic he wrote featuring Spider-Man was actually from a Rin and Stimpy crossover. Oh, I have oh, that I heard one. About that. I have that one too. I think I have that. Okay. I didn't know with, it was Dan like, Slott. Wow. Powdered, powdered Toast Man. Yeah, Powdered Toast Man versus Spider-Man on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah See, that, that's a cool one. Like Beavis and Butthead number one or whatever, Ren and Stimpy comics. Like Those are cool, I think. I had the Bill and Ted Excellent Adventure comic book from DC Comics, and then the Bill and Ted Bogus Journey comic from Marvel Comics. Oh, that's cool. Also, that could be Switch. It could be Marvel first and DC second, but I think it was... That's funny that the license, like, traded hands. Yeah, that is. Oh, and the artwork on the Bogus Journey one was just, like, fucking cartoony and weird. (laughs) That's cool. See, I actually bought... um, recently bill and ted kind of came back because they had that movie that came out and they came out with another comic series and my niece got really into them she she had never seen any of the movies so you know they showed her to them and she she really liked it and got into it and so i actually got her some bill and ted comics from the new series that came out oh cool um and so and and i looked through them they seemed fine because i did look that look at them before i gave them to an 11 year old but um yeah, it was pretty cool. It, it looked fun. Speaking of those kind of comics, like right now I'm looking for Powerpuff Girls number 25. Um, I'm looking for that specific issue because there's a Mignola pinup. And there's a Michael Alred pinup also in the back Oh, of I think that I've issue. seen that one. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Mojo Jojo, the Mignola. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, I, I think all those kind of like... Uh, you know, what, whatever my, you want to call it, those media comics based on cartoons. I think those are all super cool. My little brother had like a Yu-Gi-Oh manga that had a like an art trade where the Yu-Gi-Oh artist drew Hellboy or something, and then Manila drew oh right drew Hellboy, but yes. like drew Hellboy with like like I don't know anything about Yu-Gi-Oh, but it was like the weirdest it's place the... to see yes Manila drawing. That's in a. Where is that? I I remember seeing that. Don't yeah. know. It, it, weird, it, like, it's in an actual those, book. It was like one of those, like you said, probably like a free giveaway thing. Is like, oh, oh you bought a Yu Gi Oh toy, so here's like a Yu Gi Oh comic, and then like in the back, I gotta look kind for of that. like a letters page type of thing. Oh, I want and, that. And it wasn't now. even like a full. It wasn't even like a full page. It was just like one. Oh, pic- look at this. Yeah. The creator of Hellboy, you know, drew. Yeah. Oh, I kind of want to track that down now. That's that. I, That's I love stuff cool. like that. Like, uh, my brother texted me the other day. He was like, "Hey, do you still have that Charleston Chew comic?" I remember, like, I was so excited to send in these Charleston Chew wrappers because then you would get a comic, and it had Wolverine and Ghost Rider in it, or something like that. And I, oh wow! And my brother texted for some reason. I guess he was thinking about that. And he was like, "Hey, do you still have that comic?" And I was like, "Absolutely, I do. Like, I I still have it. I I love stuff like that. Those like giveaway comics and stuff." Anyway, tell us if you have any giveaway <laughs> comics. If you have any cool uh, free comics or whatever, I have a bunch of those drug ones. I think there's like another one with uh storm and spider-man or whatever that i have <laughs> or something like that so anyway good stuff now aubrey's gonna say all the things all right everybody tell us when your earliest comic memories your weirdest comic books or anything like that i didn't even touch the tip of the iceberg on the weird ones i have <laughs> <laughs>
You can send us at hey you damn guys at bookclubmembercomics at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at bookclubmembercomics and on Twitter at bookclubmembers. Yes. Well, we didn't do the listener feedback thing, but thank you, Paul, for providing that anyway. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Ross, for coming on, and I hope Danielle feels better soon, too. Yes, feel better. Um, you can find the podcast where you get your podcast from, and when you're there, open it up and give us a five-star review. Every little bit helps. And if you're enjoying it, tell a friend. Have them join the book club. Everybody wants, Everybody should want to be a member. Yes, do it. Next week, as long as nobody's ill, we're going to be doing Superman Annual 11. For the man who has everything, but you can also get it in various other trades as well. And there's even that Justice League episode. So you guys know what to do. If you if you haven't read it yet, now's the time. And join us next week on Book Club Member Comics. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm Ross Ranty. And I'm Robert Lovett saying, this has all happened before. It'll all happen again. <laughs> what is that from? Battlestar. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>